Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise God forevermore. We give God thanks and praise for another opportunity to fellowship at His feet and to learn of Him. And this is the 19th day of commanding the year, and God has been more than faithful to us. I believe you've been blessed thus far, and um, I want to um, appreciate God for everything He has done for us. I want to appreciate Him for His word that has come far. I want to appreciate Him for deep insight and revelation from God's word. He's been by the Holy Spirit, we have been able to enjoy this. And to Jesus, alone be all the praise and glory forevermore. Once again, welcome to Commanding the Year 2022. We are on the 19th day. In two days' time, we'll be done with um, both the fastings and then also um, this series of teaching. We've been learning so much. I want to appreciate everyone who has been joining in from wherever you've been joining in from. I want to say the good Lord bless you. Thank you for investing your time and your resources into your spiritual development. And I assure you by the help of God's Spirit that this investment is going to yield great returns. Amen to Jesus. Now I'll quickly go into God's word because we have quite a lot to discuss today. Yesterday we have quite a lot to discuss. Um, when the meeting begins to conclude like this, we begin to do much load of work. Amen to Jesus. Alright, so let's go into um, God's word. But before we do that, let's just say a word of prayer. Dear Abba Father, we thank you. We bless your name. Holy Spirit, we magnify you. Jesus, we glorify you. We appreciate you for another time in your presence, another opportunity to sit at your feet, to learn at your feet. Lord, we commit this meeting into your hands. It's your meeting. We ask that you take absolute control. Let Jesus alone be praised forever. We ask that the, that the glory be given to Jesus at the end of the day. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Jesus. You are glorious. So glorious in your way. You are glorious. So glorious in your way. Yahweh. Yahweh. You are glorious. So glorious in your way. Glorious, you are glorious, so glorious in your way. You are glorious, you are glorious, so glorious in your way. Yahweh, 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 you are glorious. So glorious in your way. We worship you, Adonai. We celebrate you, Yahweh. Receive our worship and praise today and always in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Um, we've been on um serve God with God, um, serve with Godly fear, and we've uh, been studying on um 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 the last aspect of our um, godly fear, which happens to do with, uh, which do with um, to venerate the Lord, to venerate the Lord, praise God forevermore. And we talked about venerating entails um, standing out of somebody for His Majesty, for His, um, his um, for His wisdom, for His, um, 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 also for His, um, 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 protect, um, um, His talents, praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. But, um, so we, we, yesterday we took our time to. Um, look at um, the, the the majesty of God. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And uh, we learned quite a lot. We learned quite a lot. Praise the Lord forevermore. And today we are going to be 
looking at um, some other um, other aspect of being praise God forevermore, and um, that is um, the wisdom of God, venerating for His wisdom. Anchor Scripture remains um, Colossians three verse twenty four says, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Amen to Jesus. And then um, we have understood that there's a way to serve God, there's a, and an acceptable way to serve God, and that is seen in our. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 20. It says, Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So we understood that the way to serve God acceptably is to serve him with reverence and godly fear. We've understood what reverence means. Basically, reverence means respect, and we did, we did um, a little study on that. And then we've been on godly fear. We have been studying that the grace of God. We are going to end this conference with godly fear. Um, like I said, there were some other things that I've not touched, but uh, we cannot touch them in this conference. We trust God for another opportunity to touch some of those things. Amen. Because I believe in doing at least a pretty good job on a subject before going to another subject. Um, we are not rushing um, anything. Praise God forevermore. And that's why we encourage you to go to our podcast channel, Grace Life Comic. Just search Google Grace Life Comic one word and you're going to see us there and have a lot of teachings there for you amen so we keep delivering teachings and delivering resources that are, are, are helpful to the body of christ and to every believer in the lord jesus amen to jesus so we're going to be um looking at another um, aspect of our um, um, um veneration which is um the wisdom of god now i believe many of us have heard about the wisdom of god the wisdom of god the wisdom of god so much to say about the wisdom of God, in fact, we cannot exhaust the wisdom of God. So this is just going to be a, a, a let me use the word, a, a, a scratch for us to go further and spot praise God forevermore. Just scratching because when we study on the wisdom of God, we can use years and we don't exhaust it. The wisdom of God is inexhaustible. But it's just an introduction, a scratch introduction for us to go further and study on the wisdom of God. Now the wisdom of God is beyond applied knowledge. Although it may be, it can be part of it, but it's beyond that. But most of them, when you hear people talk about the wisdom of God, they tell you it is applied knowledge. They tell you have wisdom, then the next is understanding, and then application of the understanding you derive from the knowledge is called wisdom. But the wisdom of God is far beyond applied knowledge, far, far beyond applied knowledge. It's bigger than that. Amen to Jesus. Now, um, applied knowledge is all there is to, and um, the, and the end of the wisdom of men, praise God forevermore. Applied knowledge is the end of the wisdom of man. It's all there is to the wisdom of man. That's the climax, the zenith of the wisdom of man. That's what applied knowledge is made of forevermore. But the wisdom of God is far beyond that. It's mega, mega beyond that. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Applied knowledge is more often limited to the sensual knowledge. We talk about sensual knowledge and sensual faith and revelation faith. You know, so the sensual knowledge is the five senses. Praise God forevermore. And this is actually how we gather knowledge. Praise God forevermore. Praise the Lord. Amen. Alright, so, um, so um, acquired knowledge is more often, you know, limited to central knowledge, which can be gathered or acquired by mortal men um, and um, applied by them. Anything above this, you know, is foolishness to the mortal man. Amen to Jesus. Amen to Jesus. Yeah. So um, that's what that's the limitation of applied knowledge. You know, anything that goes beyond applied knowledge is foolishness to the mortal man because applied knowledge is let me know what practical knowledge acquired by the five senses yeah that's the applied knowledge is amen to jesus praise god forevermore now um the wisdom of god is not acquired or gathered amen you don't acquire it or you don't gather it praise god it's going to surprise us amen to jesus so we're going to be seeing from scriptures that we don't acquire the wisdom of god 
May that we gather the wisdom of God. Praise God for our own acquired knowledge that is gathered. Uh, amen to Jesus. But the wisdom of God is not gathered. Neither is it uh, um, acquired. Amen to Jesus. All right. Um, um, the wisdom of God is given and received. It's not acquired. Neither is it gathered. It is given and is received. Praise God forevermore. As a result of this, no one can boast or pride in the wisdom of God. Why? Because it is a gift, not an acquisition. Are we together? You can't boast on the wisdom of God. You can't boast or pride um, on the wisdom of God as though it were a property. Why? It's a gift. It's not an acquisition. You don't buy it. You don't acquire it. You don't even need to get it. Praise God. Very good. Shortly, I'm going to let you know that. Gonna see it, praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus now. Um, um, but, uh, this, this we can see evident in the life of all those in scriptures who had uh, and manifested, who had manifested the wisdom of God in the past and um, who manifested in the Old Testament and who also the manifestation of the wisdom of God in the New Testament. Praise God forevermore. Uh, it was given to them by God. They received it and then they manifested it. Are you getting what I'm saying? They didn't acquire it. They didn't acquire it. You just received the wisdom of God and then the manifested wisdom of God from the Old Testament down to the New Testament. That is why anyone who is operating the wisdom of God cannot boast about it, cannot pride about it, as though it were his possession. But the God says, What do you have that you are not given? says, And if then you are given everything you have, why then did you boast as though you acquired it by yourself? You know, so the wisdom of God is not an acquisition by the, by, by the five senses of men. By reading, you can acquire knowledge by five senses. You can acquire the wisdom of men because you have the wisdom of this world, the wisdom of men, and you have the wisdom of God, and you have the wisdom of whatever. No one can go those different types of wisdom. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Now, when you can acquire the wisdom of men by the five senses, yeah. Right? You, you, you pay for a degree, and also, even though you read, you see, pay for it. You acquire it. You acquire it with your five senses, your reading, um, your studying, and then with your money. Praise God forevermore. But the wisdom of God cannot be acquired with things. Amen. It is actually a gift. So, those in the Old Testament that manifest the wisdom of God, it was given to them and they manifested it. Praise God. And even in the New Testament, same thing. Are we together? So, this makes us understand that the wisdom of God is, is a gift, not an acquired I get what I'm saying. The wisdom of God is a gift, it's not an acquired possession. That is the first step we have to um, climb in this journey. The, the first step we have to take in this journey. The wisdom of God is a gift, it's not a possession. That's why um, James said, if anyone laughs on the internet, they ask for who give it liberally and don't bring them up. Who give it? Who give it? Not who sell it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. So if he sells it, then you can acquire it. But he doesn't sell it. Praise God forevermore. He gives it. So it's a gift, not an acquired possession. Praise God forevermore. Now, having said that, book, now let's see what is wisdom. What's the wisdom of God? What's the wisdom of God? What's the wisdom of God? All right. To know what the wisdom of God is, we will see instances where it's operated in scriptures, then get the root meaning of what wisdom. That means we have to get the, uh, the Hebrew and the Greek word um, for wisdom. Praise God forevermore. Um, so, we, we, but first, we have to see its operations in the Bible. In the man and his manifestation, so that we can be able to get the meaning of the you know, word wisdom. Because um, without this, we cannot get um, a solid um, basis on which you know what wisdom is. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right, let's look at the Old Testament instances. The first one we have here is Bazali. 
Exodus chapter 31, verse 3. Exodus chapter 35, verse 31. Says, this is God speaking to Moses here. Says, and I have filled him. I have filled. I have filled. That speaks of what God gave him. I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. So let's this is one thing you need to note here. Now, the wisdom at Bazali had was not acquired by study or by apprenticeship. Are you getting what I'm saying? Or by paying the fees. God filled him with that wisdom. Now, also you need to understand to me, God did not just need to feed him with knowledge and also with understanding. Now, there's a knowledge that comes by the five senses, which comes by acquisition, by studying of materials, you know I mean? but there's this knowledge that comes by the, by the gift of the Almighty. Praise God forevermore. Now, um, Bazadi operated in that level of knowledge. On that person that operated in that level of knowledge was Solomon. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Yeah. So, when we talk about craftsmanship, creativity, um, many of us go to school to, um, go to to, 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 to creativity schools to learn a creativity. Are you know what I'm saying? But Bazali had creativity, the knowledge of creativity by what? By the gift of the Lord. He was filled with it. Praise God forevermore. It's a few things the Spirit of God in wisdom and in knowledge and in understanding and in knowledge and no manner of workmanship. Are you know what I'm saying? Now, uh, it says, and he, and he had filled him. You see, God speaking here, God had filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom. In understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. Now, so when it comes to all manner of Bazalin was a multi, he was a um, he was a multi-talented workman. Are we together? And he was motivated on the grounds of what the feeling of wisdom that the Lord had put in him. God had filled him with wisdom, not by acquisition by knowledge, are you know what I'm saying, but by the feeling of wisdom. I've ever seen people who can who can um, 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 they can do so many things. They can do so many things, they are just so gifted in doing many things. They don't acquire it by knowledge, by school. They acquired by it came it came by, by gifts, not by acquisition. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. So this is the first thing to understand. You see that Brazilian experiences are we together. So God filled him with wisdom. It was given to him by God. You see that? So God gave him wisdom. I get what I'm saying. The wisdom of God is a gift. He gives it. We don't acquire it. We cannot acquire it. Neither by study do we acquire it. Neither by, by, uh, by, by um, paying uh, apprenticeship do we acquire it. Neither by experience do we acquire it. Neither by um, 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 school fees do we acquire it. It is a gift from God. Praise God for more. That's the first thing to know about the wisdom of God. We've seen that in Bazalian's life. We're going to let's look at Solomon. Solomon says, And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding, exceeding much and largeness of heart, even as the sun that is on the seashore. It says, And all the earth. This is first King chapter 4, verse 29, and then chapter 10, verse 24. It says, And all the earth sought, sought to Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. You see something here? God gave him wisdom. And God put the wisdom in his heart. See, so God actually gave it to him and actually put it in his heart. This wisdom was not acquired. It was not purchased. It was not gotten by um, um, by study or by apprenticeship. Are you getting what I'm saying? When we go for that, you see that most, Solomon, as a child, I learned that Solomon asked God for wisdom. But that's what I, I, as I began to go in the word of God, I said I actually did not just ask God for wisdom. He asked God for wisdom and knowledge. And Solomon is the founding father of, of, of philosophy and logic. Now, Aristotle and Plato, they are later, you know, proteges of later offsprings of his work. Now, go to the book of Ecclesiastes, you see philosophy and logic there. Go to Proverbs, you see philosophy and logic there. Amen to Jesus. Um, 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 so, he's the founding father of that. And how did he get that? Which school did he go to? What did he study? There was no education for him to get. He got it because it came as a gift of knowledge. Praise God, forevermore. As a gift of wisdom. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right.
And let's look at another person, Ezra. Bible speaking says, Ezra chapter 7, verse 25. Holy Spirit, grant us revelation to your word in the name of Jesus. It says, And thou, Ezra, after the wisdom of thy God that is in thy hand. You see that? After the wisdom of God that is in thy hand, in thy hand. Just the same way God put it in the heart of Moses. Of, sorry, of Solomon. He put it in the hand of Ezra. Are you getting me? It says, Set magistrates and judges, which may judge all the people that are beyond the river, all such as know the laws of thy God, and teaching them that know them not. You see that? So now we can see for Ezra, God put wisdom in his hands. That means it was given to him by God. When somebody put it in your hand, that means somebody gifted it to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? You collected it. Are you getting what I'm saying? He didn't acquire it, it was given to him. We are seeing the third instance to show that, to make us understand that wisdom is a gift from God. It is a gift. It is not acquired. The wisdom of God is his gift. It is not acquired. Wisdom of men can be acquired. You go to, to school to get wisdom of men. I studied accounting at my BSc, praise God forevermore. Some of us studied engineering, some of us studied medicine, wisdom of men. We acquired it, we read the books. But someone always asks the question the person who wrote the, um, the um, engineering textbook, the physics textbook, sorry, the first author of the physics, the first book that invented um, every of the. Uh, um, 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 that invented gravity, that invented. Um, Rotation and invented um, 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 medicine. What did they study? That was it. You get what I'm saying? And that, that's the reason why um, the era we are moving into is the era where men will operate in the wisdom of God as gifted to them. Alright, praise God forevermore. And then let's look at the, la uh, the last person we are examining and, uh, to progress to the cause that the wisdom of God is a gift, is not acquired altogether. So that's why it's beyond applied knowledge. Because acquired wisdom is applied knowledge. But the wisdom of God is gifted wisdom. It is beyond acquired knowledge. It is beyond, uh, it, it, and it also is beyond um, uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, knowledge that is implemented. Amen to Jesus. Alright, so look, look at Daniel. Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, verse 23. It says, I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me, who has what? Given me. So see, it's a gift here. What? Given me wisdom and might. It's a gift. Wisdom and might. So from the Old Testament, wisdom was a gift. I get what I'm saying. It's not a New Testament thing we should get so freaked about. You get it? When James says, if anyone has to so let the ask of God, he then liberally, instead of giving from the Old Testament. So New Testament, if we are not operating it, that means there's something we, are, we don't understand. You get what I'm saying? He, he gives liberally. He gives, instead of giving wisdom liberally from the Old Testament, so he has given me wisdom and mind, and has made known unto me, now what we, des we desired of thee, for thou hast not has now made known unto us the king's matter. Are you see what I'm saying? So we can see that for Daniel it was a gift given to him. Elvira it was a gift. Solomon it was a gift. Bezalel it was a gift. And it makes us understand that it is a gift. It is not an acquisition. It is a gift. It is not an acquisition. Praise God forevermore. That's the first thing we need to understand about wisdom. It's God's own and he gives it. We don't need to pay for it. Now, so um, we, we can see every of those. Now, these are all Old Testament references from scriptures. Is that not so? Old Testament references from scriptures on the wisdom of God. 
Now, in this light, we will deal with the Hebrew word for wisdom in order to know what the wisdom of God is from the Old Testament point of view. Now, I've seen Old Testament references. The, the, the foundation we have been able to build from the Old Testament witness, uh, references is, is that the wisdom of God is a gift. It's not an acquisition. Are we together? It's a gift. It's not an acquisition. So, with that, we will now go further to understand what the wisdom of God is using the Old Testament and then using the New Testament. Now the the the, uh, uh, the 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 Hebrew word for wisdom in the Old Testament. When you look at the word wisdom over and again, and it has to be God giving. It's the word chukma, 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 and chukma means you no know, wisdom. It means actually skill in war, skill, skill, and then you know basically the skill in war because you know those days it was a time of war, but you know in life fighting the wars of you know um, survival and, and reviving and every of that but in Jesus we are more than conquerors but we enforce the victory but we also need skills and wisdom to that alright and then it means wisdom in administration administration has been there from the time being you see where you work where when people lack administration it means that there's a lack of wisdom it means shrewdness 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 in the managing of resources in making decisions are we together and it means prudence in religious affair prudence in religious affair and then it means ethical and religious wisdom are you gonna say ethical and religious wisdom you see when you see although we were teaching we did on ethics and it was actually from this of um, the wisdom that God gave to Solomon and um, we did the teaching that go to place like religious sacred so ethics I would say that ethics is an operation of wisdom. When you see people who are not unethical, it shows that they lack wisdom. When you see Christians who lack ethics, it shows that there is something wrong. Because by right, this is a gift that was given to every one of us. It means that ethics is meant to flow as our normal lifestyle. You get what I'm saying? Now, so, when you see Christians who lack ethics, there's something wrong somewhere. Ethics is a operation, a manifestation of wisdom. Praise the Lord forevermore. Now, having understood the meanings of the word chukma, let's know what the wisdom of God is. Now, so the wisdom of God in the Old Testament was number one, his skill to his skill to create, as seen in Bazanian, who was empowered with creativity. We saw that in Exodus about um, 31. We saw it that God, the God of telling Moses, they are giving him that um, this um, wisdom in him, in craftsmanship and you know, and understanding and knowledge. So we saw that, that God is his creative ability in men was the wisdom of God manifesting coming together. So skill for creativity. Um, because God's skill for creativity. And that people you see that they are skilled, not because they meant, not because they want for it. It's just that the skill is flowing there. It's that the wisdom of God. That's the work. Are you get what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Alright, so we see it's, it's, it was um, a skill to create as seen in Bazali, amen to Jesus, and also it was a skill to war as seen in David, amen to Jesus. You see, David said in, um, in Psalm 18, verse 34, and Psalm 144, verse 1, he says, Lord, thou hast taught my hands to war. Thou hast taught my hands to war. What the men that meant, this warfare I have, it is not by acquired knowledge. Now, who taught him how to fight the devil in the bush? Who taught him how to fight life? Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, it was a gift. It 
blood or gift of wisdom. Now, as time went, we now learned how to use the sword. But even in the swordmanship, we could also see, we could know that the swordmanship was was something else. It was out of the world. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, it was a gift of wisdom for creating death. Are you get what I'm saying? Praise the Lord forevermore. And also, that's what the reason, first, the wisdom of God was what his skill um, in, the, in the Old Testament. The wisdom of God was, skill, was God's skill uh, and, um, to create and his skill to work. Next, it was his wisdom in administration as seen in Solomon, who you know, made peace treaties with um, um, made peace treaties. And um, so, as a result of that, there was no war in his time. In fact, you can see that he made, king, he made peace with the king of Hiram. You see that in first Kings chapter 5, verse 12, he made peace with the king of Hiram. You know, for a large percentage of his leadership, there was peace and peace and peace and peace. There was wisdom, the wisdom of the gift of wisdom that enabled him to that. Why do I say that? Now, looking at his mentor, which of his father, so David, his father was known for war. Now, what he would have actually learned was the art of war, but he manifested the art of peace. How would that have happened? Lord, give him wisdom and knowledge. It was the gift of wisdom that made him to be able to actually live the opposite of his father's administration. His administration, and you get what I'm saying? Now, so it was the gift of wisdom that made him administer rightly. So it's needed in every environment. Now, if you don't, if not a good administrator, you're going to create a lot of crisis situations. Let me start from your home. The Bible says, he that troubles his own house shall inherit his own. Know, when a man cannot administrate his own way, you know, create a lot of crisis situation. David had some administrative flaws. How the Absalom rose up because Amnon slept with Tamar, I know, and every of those crazy, every of those problems. Which I get what I'm saying. Those were some little administrative flaws. Started from the home. Amen to Jesus. Now, so um, administration begins from the money goes into the society. You know, a lot of field and businesses failed economies because the lack of wisdom the manifestation of administration is, is, is there. You get what I'm saying? But the gift of wisdom when it's made manifest, you see that administration is sweet. It, it, you see that the organization runs smoothly and together. Alright, now, it, it, and next, the wisdom of God in the Old Testament was his shrewdness in decision making. You know, uh, as seen in Solomon, who was able to discover the mother, the real mother of the baby without doing any test. I, I learned that get the father paternity test is the DNA test and the maternity test the skin test because the, 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 the child gets the skin from the mother. Uh, so um, what if, um, Solomon was able to determine the mother of the child without what any test of any kind. Praise God for more. That was out of here. Are you get what I'm saying? In our times they have to go to tests and there are situations where you can even do a DNA test and it may not even you know it may not even Produce the, the accurate result. I was watching um, um, a, a, a documentary and I saw there was a situation of that kind in that situation. So, yeah, but, but at least to a large extent, they are lively. But even Solomon didn't have to rely on any of that. He was able to get the mother of the child. He read through um, um, first Kings chapter 3, verse 228 um, about the mother who came in with the child and was dead. She said, uh, My child was not dead. Solomon that this will be had similar issues. But you know, he told them, bring a knife, cut the child into two, 
and then let him. And when the mother of the child said, No, don't kill the child, like that, that's the mother. He was able to do, get the mother of the child without doing any test. That's wisdom at this speed. When you're able to craft multi solutions without depending on science and technology. <laughs> now, it can still happen in our times. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Alright, so, shrewdness in decision. The wisdom shows God's shrewdness. God does not depend on science and technology to make decisions. God does not declare, depend on um, 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 global warming to, 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 to make decisions. God does not depend on economics of our, our economics to make decisions. That's why he's all wise. Praise God forevermore. And then it is his prudence in religious affairs as seen in Daniel, who was faithful to God in prayer at the risk of death. You know, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 to 11. You see, um, after they made the decree that nobody should pray to any other God other than the king, Daniel, when he saw the decree, that's when he went to start praying. He went to pray again. You know what I'm saying? He was in praying before, but after seeing the decree, nothing could. You see, a decree could not change his lifestyle. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now that shows the uh, uh, um, wisdom, prudence in religious affairs. Now, wisdom, the wisdom of God in religious affairs makes a man stick to his relationship with God despite his, his prudent enough in his management of his relationship with God, no matter the things surrounding him. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's the wisdom of God we see there. Amen to Jesus. And then we see the wisdom of God as God's ethics in Daniel, who had an excellent spirit. And remain relevant in different administrations. Different administrations. And religion came, administration went, they kept on looking for Daniel. Why? Because he had ethics. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of standards. And his the standards and ethics made him keep standing out. Now, that's how it's, when, as, that's how I tell you about it. When you see Christians who lack ethics, it's a show that the wisdom of God is not there. Are you what I'm saying? Now, it's, the God has given us the wisdom, but we have not collected it. Now, Daniel had collected the wisdom so he could stand. His ethics were firm. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible speaking, he says that he said, and this Daniel is an excellent spirit in him. Are you know, he stood out for excellence. Ethics is manifesting excellence at his peak. Praise God forevermore. And this only operates by wisdom, by the wisdom of God. You see, we see a lot of um, 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 Christians who are mediocre. We see a lot of Christians who are shoddy and shady. The reason for that is not because they really want to be sure they are but because they have not received the wisdom of God. One of the proofs that you have received the wisdom of God is that you seek excellence. You will strive for it. You will give your all for excellence. And you get what I'm saying? You give your, you cross your teeth and dot your eyes. That's one of the manifestations of that wisdom of God. So it is, it is his what? It is his, is his ethics. God has ethics. God has ethics. He has ethics. And the children of God have to manifest that ethic. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to us now. Now these are the manifestation of the wisdom of God in the Old Testament. And we and we see in scriptures what he turned his men into. We saw what he turned Daniel into. So what he turned uh, Bazali into. He became a, 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 a major resource person in his time. I get what I'm saying. Many of us want to be important. Many of us want to be relevant, but we don't want to manifest wisdom. The only thing that makes you relevant in life is the manifestation of the wisdom of God. You see what it happened, what he did to Solomon. You see, Bible said the queen of Sheba came, and when she entered into his palace, she lost breath. Bible says that men, kings from everywhere, came to hear him speak. When they hear him speak, they pay him for speaking. Man, what a what a, what a blessing! You see what he did to Ezra. Ezra was told, "Come on, go and please put up the administrative structure." You know, some of us want to be relevant, want in our organization, want them to look for us, want them to promote us. But promotion does not come from north or east to west. It 
God has raised one up and put it on the How does God raise men up? By giving their wisdom. You want promotion in your place of work? Man, receive the wisdom of God. And you see that what may be to your promotion may not even be something that may have to do with getting more degrees or getting more uh, certification. It may just be one little problem that nobody has gotten to be able to solve. I can say, you may have even had the solution to the problem from yourself. Unknown to you. Are <laughs> you what I'm saying? Yeah. You see what he did to this man? You see what he did to Daniel? Administrations kept looking for him. He was relevant in every administration. Till Daniel went, till Daniel passed on, he was relevant. He was not a small, he was relevant from youthful educating with, with um, Shedan Michigan Medical Youth. And he made relevant. The old age. Are you get what I'm saying? Now look at something here. Shadam Mezogan, Shadam Mezogan and Benny Gold. They stood their ground, they will not, go, they will not bow to the graving image. Yeah, and these were royalty, they were children of royalty. And they were they were taken and, and they were taken and to be taught, you know, they were real children in Israel, and taken to be taught the, 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 the language of the of the Babylonians and all that. Now, but you see, amongst these four guys, Daniel, Shadam Meshagan and, and Abednego, um, the three guys in Obama, are you gonna say? But now after they are feats, they achieve of not bowing to the Benigni. You didn't hear anything about them again. But we can't pray in a pastor. That means Daniel went for that than these other three guys. Are you gonna say? He manifested the wisdom of God more than them. I see what he turned these guys into. See what he turned Solomon into. See what he turned Baghdad into. See what he turned um, um, Daniel into. See what he turned Ezra into. Are you getting what I'm saying? The wisdom of God, as seen in the instance of who, was not acquired and applied. No, it was not acquired knowledge and applied knowledge. No, 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 no. It was received and manifested. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was not acquired and applied. It was received and manifested. Are you getting what I'm saying? You see, that, that's the wisdom of God. It's different. The wisdom of men is acquired and applied. But the wisdom of God is received and manifested. Hallelujah. That's the blessing. That's the beauty. So, you see, that's how we have to receive it. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Solomon asked God for wisdom and knowledge in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10. I said that before. I grew up to know that Solomon asked God for wisdom, but you know that he asked God for knowledge and knowledge. So he asked for wisdom and knowledge. Are you getting what I'm saying? Knowing that his the knowledge, the kind of knowledge he needed was not acquired knowledge. Because he had been acquiring knowledge being with his father. He had been acquiring knowledge as a royalty. Are you getting what I'm saying? But he knew that the kind of knowledge he needed, he said, give me wisdom and knowledge to go before the poor of one. The kind of knowledge he needed to go before the school and come out was not the knowledge that they were acquired in school. He needed divine knowledge. And that's the operation of wisdom. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, um, so if Solomon has God for wisdom uh, and knowledge, it's even going to one verse. And this makes us understand that his display of knowledge was not as a result of acquired knowledge by reading and education. Are we together? His display of knowledge was not the result of, you know, the acquired knowledge he got by reading and by education. Are you getting what I'm saying? And as a result of that uh, wisdom, you get it? That was not his kind of display of knowledge. His display of knowledge was a gift. You see, the gift of knowledge, Paulians. <laughs> I get what I'm saying. The gift of knowledge creates. When the gift of knowledge pioneers and creates, people now start um, getting um, a lesson, getting a subject from it. The gift of knowledge and the gift of wisdom they go together. It creates a precedent that others follow. 
The gift of wisdom and knowledge creates a blueprint. Are you getting what I'm saying? That God's wisdom is a creative wisdom. It creates that others cannot learn from it. Now, God created the heaven and the earth. Man is still learning the earth. Man is still learning nature. Why? Are you getting what I'm saying? Because man is using what is called acquired knowledge. Now, man is still discovering. Discover means it was covered. Now you have to uncover it. Discover. Discover, you have to uncover. But man does not invent nothing. Man only discovers. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so why? Because God creates. Are you getting me? But now there's still a creative wisdom of God that makes man procreate in childbirth and also create ideas. <laughs> Hallelujah to Jesus. That was what Solomon operated in. Bazaar, Daniel, they all operated in it. And you get what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. And this one is a gift. It's a gift. You don't have to buy it from light. You receive it to manifest it. That's the wisdom of God. Praise God forevermore. Now, this wisdom is not even the operations of the wisdom of God in the New Testament. Well, I'm still talking, I've still been on Old Testament operations of wisdom. Are you getting what I'm saying? And we are getting to see so much here. Are you getting me? This is not yet the operation of wisdom in the New Testament. And see what it made out of the men in the Old Testament. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is just Old Testament operation of wisdom. See what it made out of these men. Are you getting me? Now, 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 can we imagine if this manifestation of God's wisdom is seen in the life of every Christian? What was seen in Daniel? What was seen in Solomon? What was seen in Ezra? What was seen in Bazali? Imagine if it's seen in the life of every Christian. My God, can we imagine what the, can we imagine what the church will be like? <laughs> I want to remember. I'm talking about Old Testament wisdom of God. I'm talking about the New Testament wisdom of God. I'm talking about the Old Testament operation of the wisdom of God. Are you getting me? Imagine if that is happening to every believer in the Lord Jesus. We see how in children people are still praying for jobs. We see how in children people are still unemployed. We see how in children people are still crying. We see, we see how members in church who are still, who are still um, uh, um, eating from hand to mouth. We see how members in church who are still struggling. Imagine everybody manifesting this kind of shudaka. That's the glory of children talking about here. Mandim Ratushka. Well, begin to Ali Kadasha. See, where? We begin to manifest the fullness of God's wisdom, and this wisdom is still what is in But when the glory of God, we are manifesting more than this. Praise God forevermore. So, can you imagine every Christian manifesting like this kind of wisdom? No, it's unimaginable. In fact, it will turn the church to the government of the world. <laughs> and this is what the devil is fighting like crazy. That's why he doesn't want us to operate in the wisdom of God. He gives us a lot of things to busy ourselves with. Arguments, discussions, nonsense, rubbish, so that we will not manifest the God. Because he knows that the moment the church manifests the God, we will become the government of the world. That's why the Bible says, uh, uh, The master of the Lord shall be sent above every other magic, and many shall trip unto it and say, um, uh, Let us come to the God of, of, of Jacob. That so be taught of him. Are you going to say, The Bible says, Seven women shall cling to one man in that day and say, Give us neither, neither, neither uh, 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 clothes or, or, or water. Let us just bear your name. The seven men that speaks of the seven godness of the earth. The man that speaks of the church of Jesus. What will bring this to reality is what the manifestation of this. Are you get what I'm saying? I know one truth. Even these manifestations, go and look at Daniel. Go and look at Daniel. Study Daniel. Or the man Daniel. Study so no more why he loved the Lord. Because he loved him many ways. 
study Vazali, study Ezra, and now that bring these people and manifest them into the truth. Everybody in the same place manifest this kind of wisdom of God and the But you know what truth? You know what truth? Even this kind of wisdom is far less than the New Testament manifestation of God. Actually, it's a shadow of the New Testament of God. Because the New Testament of God, it says, eyes are missing, ears are not here. Did I have enter into the heart of man? What the Lord said to do for them that are not Now, the New Testament manifestation of God's wisdom is what they are doing shall, what the eyes of men are here to see. Years of men are yet to hear, and the hearts of men are yet to perceive it. So, even this manifestation of Daniel, Solomon, Allah, Ezra, Bazali, it's a shadow, it's infinitesimal when compared to what is going to be happening in the future. I'm together. And that's why see, we must crave to, to continuously receive the wisdom of God. Continuously, continuously, you understand? Because there is, there is a New Testament book that God has in stock. That is capacity. That will make the exploits of Solomon look like Charles That will make Maria Tosa Katadadasa, the exploits of Daniel, look like Rehasa. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's real. It's real. And that is Mandini Rosikada. That is the heartbeat of the Father in this whole time. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Now let's look at the New Testament um, instances of the wisdom of God. Are we together? Let's look at the wisdom of God from the New Testament point of view. From the New Testament. We looked at the Old Testament point of view. Let's look at the New Testament point of view of the wisdom of God. Let's look at it now. So we're venerating God for his wisdom now. Let's look at what his wisdom is from the New Testament point of view. Are you get what I'm saying? Now the Greek word for wisdom in the uh, is the word Sophia. 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 Praise God forevermore. Sophia. That's the Greek word for wisdom. Antea defines it with quite a number of definitions. Number one, wisdom, broad and full of intelligence, used of knowledge of very diverse manners. Yes, something. So it's talking about a wisdom there is broad and full of intelligence and having knowledge of very diverse manners. Okay, it also means wisdom which belongs to men. It's a general word used, but from here you can get out the um, wisdom of God and then wisdom of men. And then it says, uh, varied knowledge of things, human and divine, acquired by activeness and experience, and summed up in Martins and Proverbs. Amen to Jesus. It also means the science and learning. Amen to you, the science and learning. Praise the Lord. Okay, it also means the act of interpreting dreams and always giving the sages advice. This even interpretation of dreams is part of wisdom. Daniel did that. They get it. Joseph did that. They were preaching in the dimension, in the New Testament dimension of wisdom. During the Old Testament. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, alright, so let's go ahead. It says, the intelligence evinced in discovering the meaning of some mysterious numbers of vision. Daniel did that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Alright. It says, the skill in the management of affairs. The management of affairs. We've seen management again here. And it says, it says the devout and proper prudence in um, with men, not of not. Disciples of Christ 
skill and discretion in imparting Christian truth. Are you getting what I'm saying? Skill and discretion in imparting what? Christian truth. And it also says the knowledge and practice of the requisites for godly and upright living. So what looking at wisdom man, the wisdom of God, you're just looking at it's you're supposed to just want this thing just to be you know, intended. See, even the knowledge and practice of the requisites for godly and upright is part of wisdom. We saw ethics in the Old Testament. Now I've seen something similar to that here. So you can't see you're in wisdom of God without it. Hey there. Alright, and it means supreme intelligence, such as belongs to God. Praise God forevermore. And it means the wisdom of God has embraced in forming and executing councils in the formation and government of the world and the scriptures. Are you getting it? Now, so what then is the wisdom of God in the New Testament? One, the wisdom of God in the New Testament is his broadness and fullness of intelligence. His knowledge of vast, diverse manner matters. That implies his own science. That is his own knowledge, which is resident in and revealed through Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the wisdom of God is his broadness and fullness of intelligence, which entails his knowledge of vast, very vast, diverse matters. This implies his own science, his own knowingness. Resident in and redeemed by Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 2, verse 3 says, In whom are you all the treasures all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? In whom are you all the all, no, it didn't say some here. Yeah, the word all here yeah, is the Greek word past, which means all manner, whatsoever, all kinds. Whosoever, so without without restrictions, without limitations, so all manner, all treasures now of wisdom and knowledge. Now, when they say the treasures of wisdom, that means when it's not a treasure of wisdom and it's not a treasure of knowledge, it's not hidden Christ. I get what I'm saying. So the wisdom of men is not qualified as treasure to wisdom. But the Bible says the, the, the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. And if and since um, I'm paraphrasing now, it says, a man in his wisdom could not know God. That means his wisdom is trash, it's not treasure. <laughs> I cannot say the wisdom of man is trash, it's not treasure. The only wisdom that is treasure is the one that can know God. And it is it where in Christ it says, In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There are something called the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There's something called the trash of wisdom and knowledge. The trash of wisdom and knowledge is a, is a, is a human wisdom and knowledge. Are you getting what I'm saying? The, are you getting me? Now, it can't know God. It can't, it, it can't, it can't, it, it can't perceive God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, but the treasures of wisdom and, and knowledge are in Christ. That's what makes us know God. It's the revelation of Christ in us and to us. Which comes in sessions. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then the next thing is that the wisdom of God, according to the New Testament, is his science and learning. You see, science and learning comes in here. We see this in Jesus. When he learned obedience from the things he suffered. The Bible speaking in Hebrews 5 it says, Though you may son, yet learn to obedience by the things which he suffered. Now but when we look at this scripture, we begin to ask, was Jesus disobedient before? No. Now, Jesus is God. Why? 
in heaven with the Father. The Son obeyed the Father perfect. Are you hear what I'm saying? Now he comes to earth and becomes man. Now the way the operations of earth is different from the operations of heaven. Now, so Jesus had to learn how to obey God from a human suit, from an earthly perspective, which is utterly different from an earthly perspective. Just like angels, angels do not see, they are sinless. And when we talk about the Bible says when we go, go today, we talk about when we go to heaven and we start talking about our triumph. They look at us and they are wondering why because they don't understand what we are saying. They are sinless, they don't know what it means for you to be redeemed and every of that. Now, so their obedience of God is from a different perspective and a, and a different plane. Now, obeying God from this plane is also different. So Jesus, why in heaven? Uh, he obeyed God from just to think of uh, why I was in heaven with the Father from heaven's point of view, from heaven's plane and heaven's operation. But comes to a different book in eternity, and he has to learn how to obey God from earth's point of view to be what? Sinless. Are we together? And how did he learn that? His lecturer was what? Suffering. I know. That's why there was a science and an act. There's a science and there's a many. Even the science and many, God manifested that with God. Jesus manifested it by what? Somebody who can store for the seven years of plenty that will have the seven years of family. But Joseph did this, and the daddy, Daniel also did this, and he did not And then Paul also did this. You know, when he was on the voyage and he, 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 there was the, 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 um, the, 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 the storm was in them, and he said, and then you have appeared to me in the vision of the night and said, You shall, you shall have a safe, a safe. You shall all arrive at your destination. You get what I'm saying? And so he also did this. You get what I'm saying? The wisdom of God also operates in that way. And everyone, every child of God can actually be able to uh, um, understand dreams and interpret your dreams as left by the Holy Spirit. Everybody can do that. Who is a child of God? And you get what I'm saying? If you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, praise God forevermore. All right. Um, the wisdom of God is. Um, his intelligence and this in discovering the meaning of some mysterious numbers or visions. We see Daniel did that. Are we together? Daniel, um, the name of the care of us, of us see, Are you get what I'm saying? And he saw the numbers of the Babylonian rule and every of that. Are you getting it? And Jesus also did this by making simple teachings. Are you get what I'm saying? Making complex things so simple in his teachings. Praise God for all. Alright, now the wisdom of God is also his skill in management of affairs as seen in Joseph and Daniel and also seen in Jesus. How did Jesus do this? 
just manage their affairs. But by using five ropes and two fishes to feed five thousand men, if women is included, and you get what I'm saying, men were only counted, but women also included and children included. I get what I'm saying. So we should say a minimum of, of, of maybe twelve thousand or thereabout. In fact, with five ropes and two fish, he was able to do what? He was able to manage the affairs that day. Four thousand also he managed the affairs. And you get what I'm saying? For the wisdom of God, it makes you use the little you have to manage the source the resources you have no, no matter how little they are to manage these challenges that come your way as big as they are. And you know what I'm saying? That's one of the problems a lot of Christians lack. Um um the says something he say you don't need more money, you need more wisdom. And you know what I'm saying? If you can think enough what you have is more than enough. Most of the time we think we need more of this, more of that, more of this, but we just want that we need more wisdom. And you know what I'm saying? Especially in the African country, they don't think that we need to borrow more. Every leadership comes and they want to borrow more because we lack wisdom. We need more wisdom. Amen to Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Now, the wisdom of God is his skill and discretion in impacting Christianity as seen in the apostles of Christ who learned from Jesus. You can see that they were very skillful. Poor skill of impacting different truths. Christianity was different. He dared to the Gentiles. And he was skillfully reaching out to them. Now, Peter had his own skillful way of. Of, of impacting the Jews, and you get what I'm saying. John was skilled. Look at their writings. You see that their writings are skillful, and then their writings are, are, are impacting the Christian truth in very skillful manner. As children of God, the truth is that we must be able to impart Christian truth in skillful manners. Skillful manners. You don't just come and blah blah blah. Somebody says something. How can you use the most exciting book and then preach a boring message? <laughs> I can use the, the Bible, the most exciting book, and preach a boring message. How possible is that? Now, it still boils down to wisdom. You hear some people that do, they, are, they, are, they are teaching and they are preaching, and at the end of the day, what did they teach? Or oh, I just heard shoutings. Um, I just, it was from jumping A to B, the points were not coordinated. The reason for that is because there's a lack of wisdom. I was talking to someone and I was like, ah, I don't like going to um, 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 this, um, this um, um, churches around. He said, because all you just do is that you don't know, they start from Genesis and before you know they are in Revelation, you cannot join it together again. There's no correlation, there's no flow, there's no blending. They cannot understand your flow of teaching. And some of that, by the grace of God, I'm the word of God. And I'm always keen to listen to people when they are speaking. No matter what you are, just listen to a little while. And I'm able to know in the wisdom of God is at work. Not because I'm just trying to show, but because I believe that every child of God should be able to present the gospel skillfully for everybody to understand. At least babies should understand. At least different people. Everybody should be able to understand. I'm preaching big truths. That means what deep truth, but in simple ways. And also, I'm presenting it. Presenting it skillfully. That's wisdom. It takes wisdom of God to do that. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And, 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 and the wisdom of God is his knowledge and practice of the requisites for godly and upright living as seen in Jesus who was passed. So the practice of godly and upright living is the wisdom of God. When Christians cannot live godly and they cannot live upright, it shows that they, they are not receiving the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God actually, you know, the wisdom of God is what tells you free fornication. The wisdom of God is what tells you avoid the most congestion among them. The wisdom of God is what tells you be angry but sinner. The wisdom of God is what tells you pray with that sin. The wisdom of God the wisdom of God just tells you what to do. I get it. So it makes you live God. So if you are having problem with living God, then we must understand that we are not receiving the wisdom of God that is given to us. 
Amen. The Bible of Proverbs 15 says, For we have not the high priest who cannot, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. That's the high priest we're talking about there. It was without sin. Why? Because it's the manifestation of the wisdom of God in Jesus altogether. Now, so the wisdom of God is his supreme intelligence, such as belongs to God and his children. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invincible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. You see, it's what? It's a supreme intelligence. Supreme intelligence. An intelligence that cannot be explained. Now this is this is what the wisdom of God is, you see, and it cannot be found in. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, the New Testament reveals wisdom as more than an operation. Is that not so? Are you getting me? It's more than just an operation. Are you getting what I'm saying? But actually, it's a person. And the person is with Jesus Christ. This means that in the New Testament, the wisdom of God is a gift of God in the person of his son, Jesus. Not just in abilities. Is a, the wisdom of God is not just an ability. In the Old Testament, it's some more of abilities. In the New Testament, it's a person. I got up to him. John Jesus for God's love the world that gave him something to get his own. So if I believe that he should not pray to talk last year. The Old Testament was more of abilities, it was more of operations. But the New Testament, it is not ability, it is personality. Have it together. It is a person of Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? Furthermore, wisdom in the New Testament is a manifestation of God to man, not merely his operation in the affairs of man. Are you getting me? In the New Testament, furthermore, the wisdom of God is the manifestation of God to man, not merely the operation of God in the affairs of man. So, it, the wisdom of God in the New Testament is God with man, God made manifest to man, not God operating in man or through man as it were. It's God manifesting to man. Are you getting what I'm saying? The full manifestation of God. Now, in the Old Testament, it was kind of limited, God was operating through men, but in the New Testament, it is God fully manifested to men. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, look at it now. So, the wisdom of God is God's spoken word, God's speech, and God's decision that acts and creates in the person of Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? The, the speech of God, the, the spoken word of God, the decision of God, that what? Creates and acts. Look at um, Luke chapter 11, verse 49. It says, Therefore, also said the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God speaks. <laughs> The wisdom of God, and it takes a living being to speak. The wisdom of God, therefore, also said the wisdom of God. I check with that transition, and all of them say the wisdom of God said something. He speaks. The wisdom of God is a speaking being. That's why he can speak to you. It's not just an ability, he's a speaking being. It says, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute. This is what the wisdom of God said he's going to do. I will send them. So he's a speaking being and he's an acting being. Psalm 104 verse 24 says, O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. Are you getting what I'm saying? So he's a creating being. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, the, 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 the Lord by wisdom had founded the earth by understanding that he established the heavens. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 verse 9 verse 11 verse 14 verse 20 verse 24 verse 26. Says, and God said, so the wisdom of God is the speech of God, is the spoken word of God, is the decision of God, and this is a person called Jesus. The wisdom of God is a speaking being. I think that's going to hit somebody today. He says, so don't just think of God as an idea. No, no, he's a speaking being. You've got to hear the wisdom of God speak inside of you, on the inside of you. He speaks, he speaks, he speaks. 
Today I see somebody begin to hear the wisdom of God speak on the inside. I see somebody hear the wisdom of God speak on the inside. You're not going to be indecisive again. You're not going to be confused again. The wisdom of God is going to speak on your inside. Praise Jesus forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Next, the wisdom of God is his hidden mysteries from the foundation of the world. Who was Christ, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world? That's the wisdom of God. The hidden mysteries of the Father from the foundation of the world. In the person of Christ, the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. First Corinthians verse 17, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom. Which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Now look at Revelation chapter 13, verse 6 says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose name are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. See, there was a Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, that's the person of Jesus. And that foundation of uh, the, that Lamb slain from the foundation of the world is the hidden mysteries of God. Now, when you, when you, when, when Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world, he was hidden, he was not exposed. Are you getting out of it? That one night was a mystery. Are you getting out of it? But the revelation of Jesus leaves no mystery on any longer. The mysteries have been revealed in the person of Christ Jesus. So in Christ, there is no hidden mystery again. In Christ, everything has been explained. There is no coding in Christ. When we see Christ, the mysteries of the kingdom are revealed. When we see Christ, there is no longer any secret, any mystery. Are you getting what I'm saying? There remains a secret. There remains a the word, uh, mystery is a Greek word mystery, but it means secrets, code. There remains a code and a secret for those who have not seen Christ. But the moment you see Christ, there is no more code, there's no longer secrets. When he was slain from the foundation of the earth, it was a code, it was a secret. But when he manifested on the earth, the code was decoded. The secret was made public. Are you get what I'm saying? <laughs> it's exciting, this is wonderful. The wisdom of God is the language understood by them that are perfect. Is the language understood by them? And what is the language understood by them that perfect? It is Christ. It says, and wisdom said, is the language of the Father. The wisdom of God is the language of the Father, which is Christ Jesus. Look at Bishop. First Corinthians 2 verse 6 says, How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect? Wisdom, you cannot speak wisdom among them who are imperfect. And yet the Bible says, by the foolishness of preaching, God was able to save the world. He was able to save because the world, you can't speak wisdom before the world. You speak the foolishness of preaching before the world. Like, uh, we did a teaching on the foolishness of preaching. Go and look for it. Uh, it, 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 it it's powerful. You use the foolishness of preaching to get your seed, to get the word. But when you get into get it out of the world, you don't continue using the foolishness of preaching. You start speaking what? The wisdom for the perfect. Are you get out say You speak the wisdom for the perfect. Are you get out say say how we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. You don't speak wisdom among the perfect. You don't speak wisdom before sinners. You don't speak wisdom before the world. No. You only speak wisdom before them that are perfect. So when you get them by the foolishness of preaching, which is God's best way to get them, what do you do? You take them in and begin to speak wisdom to them because they have become perfect in him. Since you are completing him, Christian who is the head of all the but the word complete there is the play of play which means to cram, which means to be perfect. The word telios also means perfect. The Greek word telios also means perfect. We are perfect in him. So we speak the language of wisdom because we are perfect. The church is not where you speak the foolishness of preaching. No, the church is where you speak the language of wisdom. It's where you speak the wisdom. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's where we speak wisdom. And how do we speak wisdom by speaking Christ? 
say so he gets not the wisdom of this world, nor the prince of this world that come to know. You see, you see, we don't skin church, we don't speak, we don't, you don't carry textbooks and preach in church, accounting and finance. One, one. No, 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 no. That's the wisdom of the world, and we said it. It's not treasured wisdom and knowledge. It's trash wisdom and knowledge. You see, man, that's why when we speak the wisdom of for them who are perfect, which is Christ, you see, it 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 confounds the wisdom of the world. And you get what I'm saying? We don't speak the wisdom of the world in the, among them who are perfect. No, you don't come and speak economics. You don't come and speak a uh, 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 psychology among those who are perfect. No, you speak Christ among those who are perfect because it confounds the wisdom of the world. The treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden Christ. He's speaking and then is released to us. But if we want to speak any of that, we are speaking trash. Today in church, we speak a lot of trash. But we don't speak the treasures. <laughs> ah, I see the church entering into the era where we speak the treasures and the treasures alone. Are you get what I'm saying? Hush. The wisdom of God is his depth and riches revealed through Christ Jesus. His depth and riches revealed through Christ Jesus. Romans 11, verse 33 says, All the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past findings. That's the reason why we just keep searching into Christ. Because his, his ways are past by their own searchable. We can't exhaust searching the more, knowing Jesus more. We can't exhaust it. The more we know him, the more we know him, the more we require because his debts of riches. And the riches in this death are beyond my words and death. You see, the devil wants us to remain poor. So that's why he gives us everything to preach, not Jesus. Because that the more we keep preaching Jesus, the more we get rich. And our riches enter death. But I see the church knowing this. I see the church of Jesus knowing this. And we preach Jesus crucified. And Jesus alone resurrected. <laughs> we preach Christ alone. And we begin to enter into the death of You see, the church is not going to become rich by the wisdom of the world, by the trash wisdom and knowledge of, of the world. No, the church is going to become rich by the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. The more we search for Christ, the more we know Christ, the more we get into our riches. The wisdom of God is Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 24 says, But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. That's so bad that time. The wisdom of God is Christ Jesus. Christ! The power of God and the wisdom of God. Don't talk about it. That's the wisdom of God. It's Christ. He's more than an operation. He's not, the wisdom of God is more than an operation, which was which is more than a, an operation, which was what was happening in the Old Testament. He's more than an ability, which was happening in the Old Testament. It is now the personality and the manifestation of God. <laughs> so when you get wisdom, the Bible Prophet says, get wisdom and get understanding. You know that uh, it says, uh, it says, it says, get buy wisdom and sell and love. It says, get wisdom, wisdom cried the seed of concord. That's even in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, you understand when you get wisdom, my brother, when you get wisdom, the moment you get wisdom, are you get what I'm saying? You have gotten the fullness of God. Colossians 2 verse 10, in him dwelled the fullness of the God and body. You have got, so when you got born again, you got wisdom. Are you get what I'm saying? Now you have to start searching into the wisdom of God instead of Jesus Christ in you. The Spirit of God lives and operates in the wisdom of God. Watch this very well. So the Spirit of God is in wisdom. We see this in Exodus chapter 
31 verse 3 says, And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom. In wisdom. The Spirit of God is in wisdom. Are you going to understand that? This is the reason why the Holy Spirit, Jesus, uh, 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 the Holy Spirit in Jesus, who is the wisdom of God, number one, testifies of Jesus. It is found of Jesus, who is the wisdom of God. Look at John chapter 15, verse 26. He says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify. Because the Spirit of God is in wisdom, he testifies of wisdom. You see, how do I know the Spirit of God is working? You see him testifying of Jesus. You see him testifying of the wisdom of God. Anyone who knows, whenever anyone speaks, say, let no man, say, any man who is under the Holy Spirit cannot, uh, cannot, cannot call Jesus a cause. How <laughs> you get what I'm saying? How do you know the person is not calling the Holy Spirit? It is not testifying of Jesus. He may be testifying of himself or something else. How you get it? So because the, the Spirit of God is even in the wisdom of God, the Spirit of God is even, Ayanda said, how the power of the wisdom of God. The Spirit of God is even in the wisdom of God, so he testifies of the wisdom of God. That's Jesus. And number two, he reveals the things that eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor mind perceived, which are all the provisions available, the sense in Christ by the Father. So God has provided the Lord for us. He says he's the, he's the what? The riches, the depth of the riches in Christ Jesus. Are you get what I'm saying? The treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ Jesus. Now, these things are in Christ. And now, the Holy Spirit reveals them to us. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 8 to 12 says, Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It says, But as it is written, I had not seen, nor ear heard, neither had entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God had revealed unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searched all things, yet the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the, the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us from God. The Holy Spirit reveals this and they are all in Christ. Now, so the wisdom of God in the Old Testament was the shadow of the New Testament. The wisdom of God in the New Testament was in operations and activities. But the wisdom of God in the New Testament is the manifestation of the personality of God in the person of Jesus. So we receive Jesus. Receive Jesus. So continuous consciousness of Christ, the wisdom of God in me. So then we shall, we shall be brought before um, before rulers. Say, so, but when you get a nothing of what to say, but the Holy Ghost shall tell you what to say. Now, when you are conscious of the truth that I am, the wisdom of God is with me, you made your consciousness. No matter the naughty situation, the wisdom of God. You see, every time you maintain that consciousness, you are serving God, and God is excited. I know when that consciousness becomes a reality, you know what happens. Because my reality, you know what happens. We can never be in fix. Somebody has been blessed. I believe somebody's life has been changed.
changed. Now, but before we pray, I want us to pray for as many of those you know, like the sound of my voice, you don't make Jesus or not. And personal Savior, you want to make that decision, I encourage you to do it. I like the way this prayer comes. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died and resurrected from me on Calvary Street over 2,000 years ago. You shed your blood to set me free. Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I make you my Lord and personal Savior. Because you died for me, and because you chose me, I choose to serve and follow the best of Thank you, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now I'm praying for you, Lord. I pray for everyone who has made this prayer. Thank you for receiving them. Thank you for granting them the grace to serve and follow the best in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I believe you want to pray. I also want to pray. A prayer for Dear Abba Father, I receive and maximize grace to ever be conscious of Christ, your wisdom in me. Amen. Go ahead and pray. Dear Abba Father, I receive and maximize grace to ever be conscious of Christ, your wisdom in me. In the name of Jesus. Zandi Baratata. In scandrus kapatida latusa. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name forever, Lord. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. Lord, we thank you for another time. We appreciate you. Thank you for this revelation. Christ Jesus, you are the wisdom of God. We receive our mathematics to ever be conscious of you. Thank you, Lord, for this. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. I believe you are blessed. Thank you for your time once again. God bless you. Grace to you. See you tomorrow.